Revolutionaire. Well, okay. Actually, it's Joan of Arca, but I just really wanted to say that because it's my turn to do the intro today. Um, I'm here with Punk Revolution now, um, and it's me, Joan of Arca, Sophie, and here's Kyle. Hello. I'm, I'm Kyle, the real Punk Revolution now. Yeah. So maybe some of the Punk Revolution now, you know, casual fans don't know much about Kyle, but... You know, if you listen to Base News Network, you'll get to see another side of, of Punk Revolution now and get this behind the The news-addicted side. Yes. The if- yeah, many people don't know how addicted he is to news. Like, yeah. it's... I, I have, mean, I feel like we haven't addressed our, like, news addiction that much no. on the podcast, like, how it affects our daily life. No, I have one, I always have one AirPod <laughs> in one ear listening to music for review, and the other AirPod is Rachel Maddow telling me what's going on with Trump. Yeah, it's like, if I don't get my fix of news every day, I'll, like, start shaking. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like news is kind of like music, hmm. in the sense that it's like an art form that... Tr- exactly. Yeah. How you deliver the news really matters, and that's what we're committed to doing here. So So let's bring you the biggest news of the week. And we're continuing a story from last week. Yes. Andrew Tate got banned. Andrew Tate got banned. From Instagram. From Instagram. And where else did he? TikTok, Facebook. right? Or no? Facebook. Facebook. Which is basically oh, that makes Instagram. Much, oh, so meta. I like to... You know, he should be banned on TikTok, too. Come on, TikTok. We need to... Everybody, please send an email to TikTok. Everyone, go on Andrew Tate's TikTok. Report every single one because we did some fantastic journalism last week exposing the world to his misogyny. And guess what? He got banned because of us. The You know what? Maybe we shouldn't have had an Instagram pro. Remember we had there was an Instagram protest last month? Yeah. There should have been an Instagram support group. Because exactly. Instagram... Did a good thing. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> they, did, they listened, they to, our listened news. to our news. They put on Base News Network, and he listened, and he thought, oh, my God, this Andrew Tate guy's horrible. We must ban him from meta platforms, and he did. And, oh God, I'm just so proud that, like, our news and, like, us breaking the story was what led to, to this uh, this banning of Andrew Tate. And I guess that's the power of like indie, like punk underground news journalists, you know, this is the correct way to fight fascism (laughs) is you get your microphone out, you plug it into the laptop. Everyone start a podcast, start a podcast, move to Brooklyn and start a podcast. Bernie Sanders would have won if we had more podcasts. Exactly. And now raise your hand. If you feel like misogyny has been, 20% 20% less intense the past week because Andrew Tate is now removed exactly. from Instagram. I, I know. I, I feel that way. Yeah. And before you try to start discourse over the First Amendment and censor- censorship and the very extremely vague rules Instagram has regarding why they ban people and what's considered against the rules and if it was okay to ban Andrew Tate or not, think of the woman and think of the children. Exactly. I voted to ban him. You know, yeah. I mean, Kayo has protected me and will continue to protect me from trolls like Andrew Tate. And for that, I'm really grateful. We did not We did a January 6th on Andrew Tate's exactly. Instagram account. So, Kayo, what, what do you think are the, the implications of this, this banning? Do you think that he's going to get on Truth Social? Is he already on there? Do you think that it's going to further radicalize people who... Like, hate liberal social media stuff? 
Um, I think the answer is probably yes to all those questions. I feel like this is a question. This is a question and a conversation that comes up over and over and over and over again, nonstop. Opinion pieces, debates, articles about social media regulation, banning free speech, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is it just? Is it make a situation worse? Is it makes a situation better. Is it? Tr- is it true in the first place that putting giving a platform to people like Andrew Tate increases misogyny? And I think the big answer is always just, I don't freaking know. No one freaking knows. That is such a hard question. Does does Andrew Tate being on social media increase misogyny? I don't know. Does banning him de- decrease misogyny? I don't know. Does banning him radicalize right-wing people who feel like free speech is being taken away? I don't freaking know. All I know is I'm tired of having these freaking conversations. I like the fact that he was banned literally because at this point, I'm just a shallow mother fudger who just enjoys watching people like Andrew Tate get trolled. Yeah, I would agree. Um... But, I mean, I guess, you know, like, there's people with good arguments and opinions on it, but... Yeah, and also, I was also thinking, like, so Andrew Tate's primary platform is TikTok, right? And he's still on TikTok, so I don't imagine it will do much because it's not like he's, like, completely wiped off the internet. He has TikTok, which is, like, kind of the most, like, popular, like, cool, like, social media platform with the kids, you know? And... He's still on there, and now that he's gotten banned, that's like fuel to the fire. It's the worst of both worlds. He yes. still has a platform, and now you've given ammo to the exactly. the right wingers who want to point out how they're being silenced for speaking the uncomfortable truth or whatever oh, they're God. saying. God, it's but it's just like you guys actually agree with this shit. Like, yeah. come on, like it hurts me inside that like people like listen to him and be like, yeah, that's I th- right. I think the rule of thumb is that whatever Instagram does is just wrong. It's just Yeah, bad. exactly. If they remove something, it should have been up. If they leave something up, it should have been removed. I honestly... Are you saying that, that I should be banned from Instagram? <laughs> I'm saying that... I this is, what, this is my thought that came to me last night, and, I was, and I'm serious about it. I would love to see a movement, and I'm serious about this, I would love to see a movement in the United States encouraging... Facebook, Meta, Instagram, to all be nationalized. I want the government. I want the government to literally just t- take it. Just take it. I think it. I asked you this question like the first episode of the podcast. Yeah. I said, "Do you think that that social media should be like considered a government like entity, like a public yeah. utility or something?" Yeah, like that? And, and I said no. I initially yeah. said no, but I changed my mind. Okay. And the reason I changed my mind, yeah, the reason I changed my mind is because. Remember how we had the Instagram protest and it was just a laughing stock and it didn't change anything? Shh, they're going to get mad at us. Oh. Remember how we had the Instagram protest and it didn't <laughs> It's okay, you can say it. <laughs> it didn't change anything. And I think the reason it didn't change anything is because we need to we need to kind of put some fire under their ass. We need to like literally Facts. we need to make them scared like if you don't fix this, we are going to literally take everything from you. And I did say that if the government controls social media, they're going to have to, because of the First Amendment, allow, like, absolute free speech, basically. Like, Andrew Tate couldn't be banned. Every, it would be, like, a total free speech platform, and that would kind of suck. But, like, anything is better than the status quo. I It's, like, mm-hmm. at this point, maybe I'm, I'm not even thinking about it logically. It's just I am so emotionally sick sick. i'm sick of facebook i just like let's just shake it up let's just nationalize facebook and instagram and just just see see what happens let's see what happens let's give it like 
a year. Maybe we can have some like you know unity and national pride. Like yeah, let's take it back from the big corporations and yeah, like rally Instagram. around the flag. You know? that, that's what the Instagram protest should have been. Yeah, honestly, like yeah, like, let's put Joe Biden in in charge of Instagram. That would no, have no, done no, 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 no. Actually, Joe Biden's in in charge of Facebook because he's older and he's a man. And Kamala gets Instagram because yes. she's younger and she's a woman. And in, and Instagram is for women. Yes. Who and else agrees? Bernie dude. Sanders gets TikTok. Bernie Sanders gets TikTok because he's a communist and China owns TikTok right now, <laughs> so it should be passed off from one oh communist God. to another. Yeah. No. I mean. I would love to be a minister of Instagram. Like, yeah. Like nationalize it. Nationalize, nationalize Instagram. It. Doesn't that sound like fun? Like, okay. Nationalize Instagram. Nationalize yeah. Instagram. You all know I hate Donald Trump more than anything. I don't trust him at all. But if there's one thing he's good at, it's social media. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. let him, let him, let, you know, Joe Biden will be the president of Instagram. Then Joe Biden, I mean, then Hunter Biden, then Trump. We'll just pass it back and forth between like the <laughs> dynasty, the dynasty. The, yeah, that's to me, that if, sounds better than Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my God. What if, what if I just had a thought? What if like the, a descendant of Trump and then a descendant of Joe Biden, like they fell in love like Romeo and Juliet? That would be Ooh. such a good story. Is there any fan fiction of that yet? Oh, I mean, I have you never read like political fan fiction? I read a one time. I read a Pete Buttigieg uh, do you and his think husband a, fan fiction. Did I'm you just kidding. ask me? Did you just ask me? Like, oh, you've never read p- political fan fiction? It's like no, I haven't. I just exposed. You're like, you're like I just exposed wait, you've my... never read? Wait. Okay, well, here's the thing. Um, when you're you run a meme page and you're like, damn, what the hell do I post today? When in doubt. Go on AO3.com, archiveofherown.com, and search up the most insane thing you could think of for a fan fiction. Like, there's just no way this fanfic exists. And then it does. So if you need material, here's what I do. I just search up Pete Buttigieg fan fiction, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, gets like 15K likes easily. You don't have to even do anything. You would all be surprised how little effort sophie and i put into our instagrams and how many followers we get from it it's well, actually i put in a I, no no sophie, sophie puts a lot of effort it's me i don't no, put no, any no, effort no, no no here's the thing i you're right i i think I, oh no it's okay my phone dropped oh okay kyle's phone dropped it's broken just like our democracy <laughs> just like just like anthony fantano's marriage oh no sorry oh no <laughs> okay keep going wait 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 Oops! Sorry, I had sorry. I had an attack. You had a you had a bleep a bleep attack. What I was gonna say though. Okay, so you, oh, wait, I was gonna. Say no, wait. You were talking. You finished. Yeah, your I'm point. sorry. I'm sorry. So you. No, I was just saying. I okay. I do put a lot of thought into my Instagram stuff, or like work into it. Sometimes I think half of the time I do. If I'm making like original stuff, like I'll be in Photoshop for like an hour making something. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand. I put like literally 30 seconds and like don't try. It just uh, depends how I feel. Yeah. I like to keep it a mix of both because I think that's what does well anyway. And that's yeah. what it's true to it's true to me. So um, yeah, just thought I would a little behind the scenes um, exclusive for yeah. you guys. Yeah, I don't know about you and I'm sure it's pretty similar on Instagram. For me on YouTube, there's oh, yeah. there's times where I put so much work into a video and it gets like a couple hundred views. Yeah, it's like the stuff that you don't try on yeah. like does well. Yeah, sadly, but so it's your fault for not appreciating. It's the viewers' fault. Everyone stream. Punk- it's America's fault. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you aren't subscribed to Punk Revolution Now's YouTube, you should really subscribe because it's like in- if you just know him from Instagram, his Instagram's really funny. If you know him from Twitter, his Twitter is hilarious. But you do not realize how good his YouTube is. Like it's literally like insanely funny and like. Like, 
yeah i i just like can't recommend it enough like if you don't know about his youtube channel you're like missing out so much on punk revolution now content so go on youtube and subscribe he's only got like 6k subscribers and we really need to get him to 10k subscribers soon and also follow him on instagram 10k so you can 10k sophie this is so nice of you i appreciate it but let's get back to the news and not trying to make me get a million subscribers. Even <laughs> though I know you, wait, it's all right. I just want to say one more thing about the Andrew Tate thing or back, back to the social media yeah. thing. This was literally, I was, maybe I had, maybe I accidentally smelled some pot on the street. <laughs> so maybe my brain wasn't thinking straight last night, but I had this idea. So you know how in the sixties we had the space race where we had this, <gasps> yes, we yes. had the government like come together on this fun project and we went to space and it was awesome. We need a new space race in 2020s, which is we need the government to nationalize Instagram and it's going to be the social media race to try to make social media as epic as possible because right yes. now it's not epic. And it's like social media is literally just, it's literally just a drain on society. If the government yeah. nationalizes it and it goes horribly wrong, literally nothing of value will be lost because it's literally just a place for people to be narcissists. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, let's nationalize it. I want Joe Biden to do his best to make it really epic. That's the real Web3. That's the Web3. That's the that's Web3 three. we deserve. Exactly. Yeah. And Okay, anything else before before we On move? Andrew Tate getting banned? No. Um I don't know. I, I'm I'm glad that he's getting trolled, I guess, but yes. I, I think that it's just only gonna make him bigger, to be honest. I really True. do. Like I think I'm I'm honestly a little bit worried for the future with someone like him being so popular and I know like I don't know, I'm just like do we really need to deal with another like conservative like internet personality who like radicalizes a bunch of like young kids like no one thing i do have a question though is like what were the specific posts he was banned for i don't know because, i don't think they identified any yeah so. because the thing is if they're just banning him because they don't like his extremely misogynist politics they're based that's <laughs> i mean i get it i don't like his politics either but like I don't know. I just, I think one criticism Instagram always has is how vague their rules are. Like if Andrew Tate mm -hmm. actually was posting like pro violence against women stuff, like literally encouraging, you know, being women, which is very possible. He could definitely be posting that stuff. Then yes, that like, I is, think he did post something about beating women. I'm not. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, then it's like, okay, well if he, if he does that and it's like against the rules, then yeah, like you gotta ban him. You can't not ban him. You know what I mean? But like that's just like that's the problem with Instagram is we don't even know what the frick the Instagram rules are. Yeah, they're so vague and like fix it again. Like people like far more innocent than like Andrew Tate. I mean, I guess Andrew Tate did get banned, but like, what are the lines? Because like again, I got a post taken down for having the word break in it, like break the glass ceiling, because apparently that's violent. Like, ugh, I'm just so Instagram. Please listen to me. I love. I, Instagram is literally the app I use the most. Can I just do my, can I tell my quick story about why I was demonetized? Yes. So I put, I, I shared, so comp, you know, Complex, the big media outlet, uh, they posted the story about the Chaco Tacos being discontinued, and I shared that story to my, my, my Instagram story. His story. My His story. story. Not even a post. Yeah, and my account has been demonetized for making money off reels. Because apparently I shared misinformation, even though the post contained zero misinformation. And every tr time I try emailing Facebook support, they just immediately close the ticket and say that I have. Uh, I don't want to go into. It. Let's just move on to the next story. It just sucks. Instagram stinks. Oh, Nationalize it. It was from like a verified news source. Like a yeah, just ridiculous. Complex has over 10 million followers. All right, next story is a 
girl topic, right? Girl topic. Girl topic. That was a boy topic because Andrew Tate's a boy. Now we're doing a girl topic. Bjork is a woman. Bjork is a woman. So girl topic. Let's talk about Bjork. Bjork has uh, a new album coming out. Um, uh, we're having our fact checkers uh, look up the name of the album because we forgot. <laughs> we have a team of like we didn't do the we research. have a we have a team of like twenty fact checkers who are like keeping us in line. Okay, for Fosora. Fosora. What does that mean? I love her album co- names. I think she has some of the best album names. According to our fact checkers, it's an album of grief, gabber, and fungi, oh, and it'll ar- arrive good. in the fall. Fosora kind of sounds like forest. I don't know. Fosora. What does that mean? Like. Bjork's album titles are really good. Like, Utopia. I, I mean, I guess that's not that interesting. I just love them. Utopia, hom- homogenic, or... Um, Debut. Um, de- <laughs> amygdala. Amygdala. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, that's one, right? This is yeah. her 10th album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amygdala. I don't know if amygdala is. is that, it no, 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 no. Medulla, not amygdala. Medulla, I'm sorry. That's another brain I f- anatomy I feel like part. amygdala is something she would write a song about. There's a song called Amygdala by Blade. Oh. And Echo, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I'm a huge fan of Bjork. Bjork's daughter, f- who follows me, if you're listening, hi, Isadora. Um, yeah, I love Bjork. She's probably in my top five favorite musicians. Um, so I'm really excited for this album. I I actually really do like her new music, like Utopia. I have it on vinyl. I really like, I like it a lot. I like that Arca did work on that one. I feel like being in the same room with Bjork and Arca at the same time would be the most fun thing ever. Yeah. Because they both have... I love Arca. I love making music. You are very good at the and Bjork. And just sharing the nature with Arca because she has a beautiful voice. Was, I don't know if that's good in Bjork impression. I think that's very good. Like, to me, I think you, you sound more like Bjork than Bjork does. Oh my god! Like to me, Bjork. it's kind of scary how good it is. Oh, thank you. Like, don't do it anymore. They're gonna, you're gonna scare the the people listening to podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I think I went on live once on Instagram Live, and I was just like, they people were giving me song requests, and then I'd like go on the like YouTube karaoke and just sing songs in a Bjork accent for like an hour. Those were the days. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm really excited for this album. I like the direction that she's been going with Utopia, but. I don't know. Like, how, how do you f- how do you feel about Bjork? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've, I'm, I I have to admit, I haven't really listened to any of Bjork's like newer albums. I know she's like has like a ton of albums out. I've listened to her like first like five or six classic albums. Mm-hmm. I feel like the past like two or three albums, frankly, just because they haven't had the same level of acclaim, I just kind of like didn't really yeah. check them out. Medulla flopped. Medulla flopped. But like yeah. you've told me, from what you've told me, a lot of these newer albums she's been doing, even like in collaborating with Arca and stuff. Have it's, you listened to Volnicura? No. That one's actually, that one's really good. I, yeah, it's the thing is like, you know, Pitchfork, Pitchfork gets it wrong. If Pitchfork gives a Bjork album a six, it could still be really epic. Mm-hmm. If Anthony Fantano gives it a six, you know it's going to be very epic. Exactly. So I should listen to it. Yeah, and I would love that, like, I for you to listen to them. Maybe even review them. That would be nice, someday. honestly. Maybe I'll be the... Like, I'm looking at a list Okay. of, like, her albums, because Volta is, is her infamous worst album. Um, it, it has the most, like, awful album art I've ever seen. I like it. It's it's. I mean, I love it too. It looks anime. Medulla is a. I yeah. I love Bjork's like visuals are awesome. Like her album covers are epic. Vespertine is may maybe my favorite Bjork album. Um, but I also like Homogenic a lot. You know, it, the funny thing about B- Bjork is I feel like she is under discussed amongst like like this is so okay so. 
Male music critics? Male, uh, amongst male music critics, amongst male indie music nerds. And, like, she's, like, one of the greatest artists ever. But... but worshipped... I think we have the same thoughts yes, here. Yes, finish it. Worshipped by 14-year-old uh, queer people who use Discord a little too much. And I mean that lovingly. Stan Twitter. Yeah, Stan Twitter and Discord. See? Yeah. Um, he, he, I have a lot of... Um, so, last year, I was very active in uh the arca discord <laughs> and i remember talking like we would literally sometimes talk about bjork more than like we'd talk about arca in the arca like feral entropy um group chat or whatever i don't really use discord that much but i just yeah no it's a it's an interesting point like when i'm thinking about like just your typical 17 year old indie rock fan of music he's gonna tell you oh i love radiohead oh i love uh i don't know Animal Collective, and these are all fantastic bands that deserve to go down as some of the best. But Bjork has 10 freaking albums. Yeah. Like, half of them are like 10 out of 10. Every single one of her albums are like really complex, worth multiple listens to like dissect. Like, really, com- like Pink Floyd level complexity, more, more so, frankly. Yeah. And people I, overlook her. I feel like it's because she's a woman. It's because she's a woman. And I also think that it's her voice, you need to get used to it. Like, you do. at first, I'm like, I mean, obviously, the first time I listened to Bjork, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, that's the, that's the funny thing. And then you get used to it. It grows on you a lot. I'm trying to... Her music's challenging. That's yeah, what it is. it's great. I mean, but she also has accessible music, too. Sorry, I'm, I'm searching through Instagram to find one of my memes. I'm, what I was going to get into is that Bjork is so memeable. I make I probably make more Bjork memes than I make Arca memes or post more about Bjork. Yeah. Because she's just so easy to make fun of because she's, like, really weird and, like... Yeah, literally, I post so many Bjork memes. I'm, like, going through my Instagram. Like, yeah. she's so fun to, like, make fun of, but, like, her music is great. I don't I don't know, like, what's the issue here? Like, why aren't more people standing Bjork? Well, she's obviously super critically acclaimed. I really think it's specifically, like, I think a lot of people I see on, like, Facebook and Twitter who are, like, literally make their like they're like 17 year old 18 year old guys who make the fact that they enjoy experimental music their entire identity are specifically the group like where it's like you should be listening to more bjork but you're not because you claim to like love experimental music but you're under discussing this specific artist um yeah Yeah. i'm just i'm gonna say it's misogyny uh, but I will say it's pretty epic that Stan Twitter, that irony weirdo, um, like teen kids teen who are like, like it's it's cool, it's really cool, and like they make some funny shit, and like I, my favorite kind of Bjork meme is when people like just like Photoshop like really stupid tweets and <laughs> to put her username on it. It's so funny. Like I have a collection of them. There's one where it's like people can, who can have random conversation with you about aliens at 2 a.m. Honestly, those are the type of people I vibe with the most. Let's drive somewhere and talk about life over a joint. Let's go swimming in the ocean. Let's go on a road trip. This is how 2018 needs to be. And then there's like one where it's like, Name like the hottest cartoon character, and then she tweeted the secret life of pets. Period. But it wasn't her. Obviously, they just like photoshopped it. They just like make her say this like the most like degrading things. Like just like it's so funny. I don't know why. It's I I can't explain it. It's just really funny to me. I feel like that's. I I think what's kind of happening there is that like it's. The, the they're insane they're insane tweets that are like being pushed into her what i think is so funny about the the tweet thing the tweets is because it's like those tweets are really not that 
far off from her actual personality of just That's like really crazy. quirky, really strange, would say really weird things. It's just yeah. kind of like translating it so it fits Gen Z language a oh little bit God, better. Oh my God, that's exactly it. Like uh, Bjork, if she like knew how to use social media, would yeah, be doing that. Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, she's kind of like, she's really like one of the innovators of like, just like the, I don't know. Like weird girl weird, aesthetic, which yeah. has like been talked about recently in like id like all these articles like what's the weird girl aesthetic and like that's literally bjork i also just realized that while i was talking about how like amongst men who think they know a lot about experimental music but underrepresent bjork i am objectively one of those people because i just said that i haven't listened to all of her albums but i will just okay you've listened to her like main ones like you've listened to vespertine right i know but i'm not doing i need to do my part as a music critic to give her more Visibility, and I need to. I'll. I'll definitely listen. I'm gonna listen to her new album you when it comes out. Should we listen to Vespertine? All right, I'll listen to it. All of her I'll, epic I'll, albums, debut. I. Vida says a boy reminds me of you, Kayo. Why? Because it's an epic song. That's very nice. About a boy who is from epic. Venus. Venus on my Venus. It says oh. his wicked. He says his wicked sense of humor. Oh. Yeah. See, this is how you listen to Bjork. Yeah, exactly. You, you look at the lyrics and think of, think of a punk. Mm-hmm. Anything else you have to say about Bjork's new album? We don't, we don't, we, what was, we, we really don't know that much about it. We don't know it. anything about I, it. Our fact checkers are like, you know, they're scrambling right now, but, you know, we might need to hire some new interns or something. Interns! Wait, actually, you know what? This is a good point. By the way, I, we should have said this earlier in the podcast. We are going to be reviewing the movie They Slash Them at the end of the podcast, oh, which God, is so like... don't stop listening, guys. Please... They they slash them. We have something. We have a real treat. It's a good review. It's a good review. Um, a non-binary topic. We a got, non-binary. We got a boy topic, topic girl topic, the non-binary topic. That's usually the structure of the podcast. That's not really what the structure is. What? <laughs> 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 whatever. We're gonna re- and and then also other thing too is next podcast episode. We're gonna be doing a Q and A. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, sometime soon, like on Instagram, I'll just be like put some questions you want to ask we're also gonna go live on twitch oh yeah we got some so, fu- we got some fun stuff yeah planned. We're connected just follow guys. us on instagram and just watch what's coming because we got some good base news content coming mm-hmm. um and yeah we're gonna be doing cute we're gonna be answering your questions yes. on the podcast so let's do one more boy topic and then we're gonna do the non-binary they slash them topic review and the boy topic is median rent in manhattan has now surpassed four thousand dollars a month, which is I think it all I think it's an it's an all time high. Basically, that's rents very very high everywhere right now, but very very high in Manhattan. And I've lived in New York for eight years, which gives me authority to talk about this topic. I also I also studied economics, so I have some authority to talk about talk about this because I know I know a thing or two about prices and money. Ooh, this is kind of. This is very awesome that you can do these things. You think it's attractive? Yes, I think it's attractive. Wow. All right, I don't really... I mean, okay, so there's a few things. One is... This is... I mean, obviously, rent going up is already a horrible situation because it literally means that people are just going to have less money in general to do anything with their lives. And also, if rent goes up... It, it's going to funnel down and, and hurt the poor the more the most. And places where you see rent the highest is where you're going to also see higher rates of um homelessness so it's very depressing for all those reasons i don't really think i need to explain too much why rent is depressing but i find this particular spike in the increase in rent 
particularly frustrating and painful and confusing and upsetting because basically what happened was when COVID-19 hit, everyone was fleeing the city. Like we need to get the heck out of the city. We can work from home now. We can go work from in Maine. You know, we can still work our job that is like located in Manhattan, but we don't have to live in Manhattan. And I want to get the heck out of Manhattan because I want to avoid COVID-19. And then like uh, maybe a year and a half ago, the prices of rent in Manhattan and Brooklyn dropped a lot. And I actually, I'm actually going to be, you know, as someone who's, I lived here throughout the pandemic, I was one of the few people who got to benefit from that. I got really lucky with my rent um, staying stable, which is like rare. And then, so what happened now is because rent dropped so much in Manhattan, people who normally never had the privilege to be able to live in Manhattan, and they've always maybe lived in the outskirts of Brooklyn or something, they all moved into a nicer area of Brooklyn, a nicer area of Manhattan. They took advantage of the, the rent dropping. And then literally in a, in, in a span of a year, now it seems like everyone's not giving a crap about COVID-19 anymore. Lots of people are moving back. So you get this, not only is median rent all-time high in Manhattan right now, which is awful, but you have lots and lots and lots of people who are lower-income people who are for the first time in the past year have had to, who've had the opportunity to live in Manhattan are all now being forced out because they're seeing their rents go up like 50% or something crazy. Not only are we going to see a lot of people get hurt from the higher rent, we're going to see more homelessness from the higher rent, but we're going to see a lot of people who have to deal with the, the, the very painful, the very stressful, the very expensive hassle of having to to move now and, and upend their entire moving stinks especially in new york where it's impossible to freaking get an apartment because there's a million scammers anyone who's moved in new york knows how horrifying it is everybody hears horror stories about almost getting scammed or getting scammed straight up this is I, i'm someone who's very uh very into like efficiency and things being organized and not wanting to see so many people like suffer over just completely completely unnecessary and insane circumstances this is like completely just freaking insanity to have a bunch of people who are finally able to live in manhattan for the first time because it finally prices went down and then literally a year later they're the all-time highest and you have all these people moving out this is like a game of musical chairs it's like causing a lot of suffering Again, I want to reiterate, this is going to hurt people who are the poorest the most. It's going to increase homelessness. It, it, it's a, Like I said, it's a game of musical chairs. There's literally not enough apartments in New York. So somewhere down the line, there's going to be people who realize, oh, crap, I need to move. Oh, crap, I can't find a place to move soon enough. And oh, crap, now I'm going to be crashing uh, at my friend's apartment for like a month or whatever. Because that's what the majority of homelessness looks like is not necessarily people in the streets who are like you know, addicted to drugs and begging for money, even though that is a part of homelessness. A lot of it is invisible. You don't even know it. You, these are people who are who, who are surrounding you in your life that are homeless, and you don't even know it. They keep it a secret because they're literally bouncing from one person's, one friend's house to another, one family, family member's house to another, and it's humiliating and it's horrible, and that's what's happening right now. You know, New York City is a very progressive city, very democratic. This is not something we can point and blame Republicans for. This is this is completely just all Democrats. And I know there's a lot of debate about gentrification, about how do we solve it? Is it the landlord's fault? Obviously, the landlords are the ones who benefit from this whole system the most. I'm just saying we need to pull out all the stops. I don't care what your ideology is. Put ideology aside. If we need to do some rent control 
and you're conservative who doesn't like rent control, suck it up. We need some rent control. If we need to build more housing, both public housing and private housing, you're, maybe you're a conservative who doesn't like public housing, suck it up. We need more public housing. Maybe you're a liberal or a socialist who doesn't like private housing. I also, I'll say suck it up. I don't care. At this point, like, I'm so sick of this crap. I don't care. Like, get it. Get, just, we need to, like, try everything because we're, we, this is, I mean, homelessness is one of the worst things in the world. And this is not something you see in Texas, which is a red state, because they have a lot of land, and obviously they're able to build a lot more housing. But the point is, it's like you can't just rely on progressives to fix it. You actually need to, like, try everything. So that's my thoughts. And it's very upsetting for me because I see it every single day living in New York. Anything anything you want to say, Sophie? I really don't have a lot of authority to speak on this at all, but... I just, I mean, you're really smart, and you said it really well, and I believe you. Yes! You're very, like, isn't he so smart, guys? Isn't he so persuasive? Look, I don't like, look, I I really don't like the idea of gentrification, but you know what causes gentrification? Rich people moving to New York and then just pushing the people with less income further and further out in New York. What we need to do is take these rich areas of Manhattan— this is what I want to do. This is not a real solution, but this is what I want to do. I want to just literally go into Manhattan and just destroy everything. Just destroy everything and replace it with housing. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to just, I want to... Like, actually knock down buildings? I would love that. I want to... Really? I want to go down or to... just convert buildings to public housing. I don't, I don't... What I want to do is I want to drive up to Trump Tower with a big Yo. wrecking ball. And I want to smash it and replace it with housing. And public housing ideally because that would really troll trump a lot and i think that would fix the system that'd be a good music video yeah i know there should be a music video for that oh my god all right you so do your music so video. the two the two political views I've, I've discovered this week are one nationalize instagram two destroy trump tower and, and trump tower trump tower and replace it with public housing yo sounds pretty epic to me i think so i don't really have much to say about that but um i agree and it's really unfortunate <laughs> that's all yeah. it just makes me kind of more doomer than than ever joe biden joe biden Help. send the fbi to trump tower <laughs> to p- put bombs oh wait i'm not gonna say that actually kyle you can't say that i wasn't finished with the sentence oh. to put bombs of of love put bombs of love and encourage Trump to become a socialist and the turn his apartment. The of love are haunting. Do, 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 do. I'm okay. probably going to have to censor that a little bit so we don't get <laughs> copyrighted. Copyrighted. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have to say. I don't want to rant too rant. As you can tell, I'm a dude who spends too much time um, reading about World War II. So. Yeah, me, me, me too. I study World War II, and that's why you know we get along really well. So Last. now to the main event. The main event we've been you, all waiting we've for. We've all been waiting for it. And as, as the queer woman here, I will introduce this, this topic, the non-binary topic, though I am a cisgender woman. Um, it is the, uh, we're going to do a movie review of uh, They Slash Them, a horror movie that um, I, I will admit, I will admit that the title is pretty genius. I think it's a really funny title. I think it's a, I think on paper the idea is great. Wait. Streaming on Peacock. <laughs> I think that's important because Peacock, <laughs> Peacock kind of sounds like a non-binary streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel yeah. like I've, I feel like I've Very met some. Flamboyant, I've yeah. met some non-binary people named Peacock. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when I first heard about this movie, and I think this was months ago, they I, slashed them. I yeah, they slashed them because it's a you know how we write pronouns with a slash in between. So they slash. It's a slasher. Conservatives. Them. You have pronouns too. <laughs> Some people happen to have they slash them pronouns. Yeah, exactly. So when I heard the title, I was like, wow, this is a genius title. Um, when I heard the, the premise of the movie, I was like, this is a great idea. I mean, I know this could really go wrong. And wrong it, it went. They slash them. So I, first, I feel like we should probably tell the audience, for those who don't know, it's a slasher film. Yes. Get it? They slash yeah. them. I, I think I said that, but maybe not clearly. Oh, maybe you did. If you did, I'll, I'm going to edit it out. No, wanna... you can keep it in. Let's. We're keeping it real. We're keeping it... Because if we edit... We do not edit the podcast at all, guys. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Because we keeping the news 100% real. For the record, if I accidentally say something problematic... I want I want everyone to see it and hear it so you all can sh- can all tell me send what I did. Wrong. Send it all to the all. I want like everyone the... to hear my mistake if I accidentally say something problematic. Yes, but it, like Kyle was saying, it was a, it's a slasher, and it takes place at a uh, conversion camp. It's a really interesting because it kind of opens up like saying like we're a conversion camp that's like kind of like we don't want you to change who you are, but we do. And like, we're kind of like progressive. Yeah, a and progressive like, gate conversion I w- therapy It was really, camp. it was a really confused, like, it was like, ding, okay, what? I was compelled. Yeah, it was, it was like, okay, I've never seen a conversion camp movie like this before. Yeah, it's like, I, I have to say, um, first 20, 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, you know what? I think there's some interesting dynamics here. I'm interested to see the the interesting dynamics between the slightly older generation who's more conservative but tries to kind of be you know present themselves as pretty progressive colliding with the younger generation of lgbtq people who have their own internal conflicts lots of dynamics set up for some pretty interesting things to do with the movie yeah like we had like some you know some good archetypes like we had we had the main character was a, a trans guy who was non-binary, used they, them pronouns. We had, like, a trans girl. There was a butch lesbian, femme lesbian. Um, what else was there? There was, like, a, a, a gay jock. You know, like, they got the whole crew. The whole crew is just like back honestly, in high school. Not, not bad. Not, actually, not bad representation, to be honest. Like, that's pretty accurate, um, like, from my experience. Um, but anyway, um, so... I guess that was kind of cool. Um, I feel like trans guys are never in anything, so it was kind of cool to see like a trans guy protagonist. Like, I just like I can I can't think of like media that like stars a trans guy in the main role. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. So I was intrigued. We were intrigued at, in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, about thirty minutes in, something absolutely uns- unspeakably awful happened. They broke up. They broke. No, sorry. They broke out into song and dance, and it was a pink song, right? And they started singing in the fucking cabin, and it was so cringe, and it hurt me. It hurt my soul so bad. It, it really hurt. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It was like, oh my god, am I watching Glee right now? Am I watching Glee? Um, it took me back to GSA after after school. GSA in the art room, and everyone would, you know. I will be real. It was realistic, but it reminded <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of the stuff that 
you know, embarrassed me the most as like a, a teenager who was LGBTQ. I I used to be just kind of embarrassed by that portrayal and like because I would see it you know GSA like a lot of gay people make fun of GSA for being like sorry I went to a GSA meeting in high you school. did yeah I did oh my god that's awesome I was an ally I mean I still am an ally but yeah it was awesome I I got to give my pronouns oh really yeah that's awesome they were doing pronouns back then we were we were a pretty progressive high school yeah they did not do pronouns in my high school when I was in high school <laughs> yeah well I was pretty okay so keep going with yeah your yeah yeah so. It was straight out of GSA. It was straight out of Japanese camp. I went to a Japanese language camp when I was younger. Um, so it was painfully realistic, if that makes sense. And like, I can just, it just, it just illustrated my, my worst insecurities about being LGBTQ. Um, so watching it, it was just like watching a car crash. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I, I just thought of all the like straight people who are going to see this and think, oh my God, like this, I, I hate gay people now i have a question though so it's it sounds like you and i both agree that to some extent in like the especially in like the first 20 30 minutes it's a pretty decent pretty actually maybe pretty good representation of like the various kind of it was it was pretty good it, it was a little bit tokeny it was a little bit like here's like these cliche identities but I will say that the identities are fairly, like, accurate. Yeah. It's just, like, funny to me. Like, okay, like, we got to have every kind of, like, queer person here. Like, the main kind, so. But I will say that, like, not horrible. Like, there were some, definitely some, like, cringy lines. I'm like, oh, God. But, like, overall, it was, like, it wasn't offensively bad. But this yeah. scene just broke my soul. Like, I fell <laughs> to my knees in Walmart when I saw this. See, it's really funny to me, though, because, like, you're saying, like, you have mixed feelings about the representation, but overall there is some accuracy there. And then now you're saying, like, the song part. Yeah. You're, like, saying you hated the song part, but you're, there's still a part of you that is still saying that them singing was, like, kind of realistic. Here's the thing. They should have made it a little bit less accurate. <laughs> <laughs> they should have made them cooler. Yes. Can we make... I need more LGBTQ representation where you guys make us look better, okay? Make us look cooler than we are. And then maybe, is this, is this, this is like a sociological theory that if you present LGBTQ people in media in a cooler way, then like LGBTQ people are going to like turn into like cooler oh people God. in real life. Is that like the theory? I mean, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> I see that stuff and I'm like, damn, like as a teenager and like, GSA club like this is so realistic like I remember anime club which I was president of and I created the club it was like that as well it was just so real that it hurt and I maybe that's the real horror of the film to be honest oh, like, oh my god you know so it was it just hurt to watch um it was extremely cringe um but I do not give it credit for that I think it, it I, that's when I knew this movie was gonna be bad even though I heard horrible reviews. Then let's get into the real, real horror was, okay. So they basically were like, okay, so we have like six queer characters. Let's pair them all up and make them in love with each other, like magically because they're all like LGBTQ and they're at a gay conversion therapy camp. So like, so, of course, like, the butch and femme lesbian get together, which I, I mean, I support, of course. And then, um, I mean, that used to, you know. Okay, anyway. And then uh, you got the, like, jock and then the flamboyantly gay guy who's, like, the jock's, like, 
kind of has like the toxic masculinity kind of gay guy who's like doesn't want to be femme or with femme. He's kind of like you. He's like annoyed by how cringe. Yeah, I I saw myself in that, but I I chast I was like angry at myself for relating to his character because like. I'm not ashamed of, like, presenting, like, LGBTQ culture. Like, I think it's awesome and cool. I think it's just, like, teenagers who go on the internet too much just really, like, make things worse. But, like... <sighs> you can you can only say that, though, because you see yourself in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, and just because... Just because I'm dating punk religion now does not mean I'm not bisexual, okay? And I lived a lot of my life in these identities like being associated with all this so like i have a little bit of authority here i feel like dating um a music critic is like inherently like <laughs> lgbtq exactly no literally and you're like left-handed which helps makes you a little more lgbtq yeah. and also i'm dating a bisexual woman yeah so exactly exactly so anyway um yes i saw a lot of it in myself anyway but like they basically paired up like they paired up the trans girl with the trans guy. Like they did like these really obvious pairings of people and like, who like just conveniently get together. And it's just like, kind of like, Oh God, like, I, yeah. all right, I'll suspend disbelief. And like, let's say this happens. All right. Like, and then there are just two atrocious sex scenes that I will never f- recover from. Cause Okay, God, okay. First of all, these are, like, supposed to be, like, teenagers, right? And whenever, like, there's, like, really extended, like, teenage sex scenes, it makes me really uncomfortable, honestly. Like, why did you guys need to do this? And also, okay, these sex scenes were, like, in public, basically. Like, outside, one of them was, like... And it just went on for way too long. It was really really long. It was was really... They showed too much. And it's not, like... I know people be like, oh, well, the, the straight people, like, you see all that, too. You know what? It, that also makes me uncomfortable. But, like, I think when I watch anything that's LGBTQ-themed, I'm extremely critical of it because I belong to that community, right? So I want to be re- represented well. I, I want our community to be represented well. So I see a scene like this, and I, I can just imagine, like, someone who's not, like, a straight person seeing this and be like, oh, my God, like, this is really gross. <laughs> and, like too far and like i don't want to see this and like maybe that's just like some internalized homophobia in myself no not um, at all i don't think so like i think i think it's i just like, want to be represented well as yeah all. no it's it's I, I think it's it's really inappropriate like in terms of playing into like i, I think you know this movie it, it was playing it was kind of walking playing a into rope. like the hypersexualization yeah, exactly. of like gay people it's like it was, it was walking a tightrope between wanting to give like genuine decent good representation maybe it's dipping a little bit into stereotypes but you know what overall it's actually pretty good representation and then like and then it literally went off the rails completely just yeah. just into full-blown stereotype sexualization yeah Porn- basically a pornographic lesbian sex scene yeah like, who we, is that for really yeah we, we all know who it's for um straight guys who have lesbian fetish and a lot of straight guys have them so it's like like i know like i just neck i know a lot of straight guys like like watching like lesbian porn and stuff which makes me really uncomfortable and like upset and like that's just what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh god! Like I just know that, I just know that the scene was there for that reason, you know. And then like the gay sex, like the two men, like it was also like really long and like kind of 
just like why did we need this like not that you can't show like lgbtq sexuality and stuff like that's fine but these are like kids again and like it's just the way that it was done that just felt like unnecessary they were out of the blue scenes they they were so unnecessary completely completely unnecessary they were so long that it was obvious why they were there you know what i mean like they were out of nowhere and they were so long and kind of out of character that it just like you're like oh i know why this is here it was so disappointing it was really disappointing um it was hard to watch. I, I've never seen a movie that takes place at like a gay conversion therapy scene. Like I know there, are, I know there's others. Like, like there's that one. Oh, but I'm a cheerleader, uh, Kyle. We should watch that. Okay, we'll like, watch it. I that's my one of my favorite movies, if yeah. not my favorite movie. Um, it's they do it well. This, I I I I, get, I just kept thinking of, but I'm a cheerleader this whole movie yeah. because I'm like, oh, like you can do conversion care therapy movie and make it funny and good. It's possible. Yeah. And for, I mean, honestly, like being just straight up to me, that's a really fascinating setting for a movie because it's like, it's kind of disturbing. What's, I mean, it's it's very, it's actually very disturbing, but it's also like, it's like, it's like so bizarre that like, it's kind of like a morbid fascination of wanting to see like what's under the hood at the, the gay conversion therapy campaign. We all know that the, the, the. You know, camp counselors are all repressing their own like sexuality. Sexuality, you know, like that this, was obvious. Like, like yeah. they're like camp counselors. Like, there was like a woman and a man were like coming on to like the kids. Like, it's so yeah. cliche. Like, yeah, it's a what? Just like yeah, come yeah. on, you guys. It's it, it's it's like it it had the potential. They could have made to, it like a campy slasher. Yeah, it, they could have made it. They there's it had it had so much potential, and. They decided, like, it feels like halfway through the movie, they just got lazy and like, you know what? Let's just do a bunch of stereotypes and cliches and just call it. We have this really cool setting. We've got these interesting characters. We got, you know, we've got some cool stuff here. And instead of actually doing anything interesting with it, let's just make it predictable. Let's just do a bunch of stereotypes. Let's just make it... Let's, like, tokenize people. Let's, like, like, sexualize people for no reason. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's It's, just... it, it It was disappointing. But I will say... I had a lot of laughs. Oh yeah, no. I, I we I was thoroughly inter- entertained. I yeah. thought uh, I mostly the laughs came out of disbelief at how bad it was. <laughs> like just like I, I it was a lot of like ironic enjoyment, but like yeah. like Sophie and I figured out who the killer was like really early. We figured the it out as soon as that character was introduced. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, it's it's this. And we killer. thought we thought like we were literally like, no, it can't be. That's too obvious. But it, that's who it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was really predictable. It was, was stereotypical. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but I yeah I do I will agree I will say though like there there was there was like few things I actually did like about the movie. One thing I actually did like was the therapy scene with. Um, what was their oh, name? Oh, the trans guy? Yeah. I, I can't remember his name either. Oh, that scene, yeah, that scene was like, yeah. That was intense because it's, it to me, it felt realistic. Basically, the camp counselor or the, the therapy, uh, the therapist who obviously works for the the conversion therapy and wants to draw them away from I'm being agreed. non-binary. That was a good scene. Like, it was basically, like, it sounded to me like the camp counselor trying to instill doubts in this person like oh you're faking the that fact the that you're scary, not one of the scariest parts of the movie like yeah like just like it reminded me a little bit of get out like the white couple family yeah. like like they're kind of like the way they would say things through a smile and like like say really malicious like scary things yeah but like through yeah. a, like a like a demeanor that's like very like supposed to be 
like caring and like accommodating yeah um so that was disturbing she had like a really disturbing smile too and like what what she said to the the protagonist like i don't know i kind of like it was a little bit like oh damn like this is going really far this is like going this is going really well i i just i kind of saw myself in that situation a little bit because like just like like my own self-doubt sometimes like just like yeah the therapist was basically trying to to suggest that they weren't really non-binary and that they were actually cis just and like they were doing just, it to get attention and they were from just their doing family because yeah. they don't get enough love from their family. Exactly. And it's like, this is obviously like a reflection probably of what a lot of trans people have, these like horrible thoughts in the back of their head, trying to put doubts in them, make them feel like they're they're not valid and everything. And that's something that was like, I've obviously, as a cis guy, don't, I'm not in that situation. I don't have those horrible thoughts. I have lots of anxiety and self-doubt. And to see that, I feel like I had a lot of empathy. Like, oh my God, this, I feel so awful for non-binary people who have to deal with this and then imagine this i i I have all this emotion i'm feeling connected to this character i'm feeling empathy they're crying because they have they were just they went through this emotional abuse by the therapist and then they they go into the fucking pink dance scene they go to the camp they go back to the cabin they're like what happened what happened and then they start singing just be yourself whatever it is and i think it's like pretty pretty please wait we can't sing it it's we'll fine. We can we can sing. Yeah, you know that one pink song. Yeah, I also I totally agree. It it's like, like took it completely me. ruined the moment. Like it was yeah. And also like I think the therapist like called them like a like deep down you're just a little like Diesler and like I'm like, damn, like I've definitely thought that. Even though I'm not like trans or anything, I just like some that's like a thing in the back of my mind. Like people just think you're, you know, that. Like yeah. like as someone who like identified as lesbian for a long time and like bisexual like it's you know it, i it was you know i well, i related yeah. i related a lot to like the really feminine lesbian character well, and like for for me i think that like if you're someone who's transphobic or if you're someone who has like doubts that oh i don't really know if i if i really buy this whole trans thing whatever i know lots of people are transphobic and and think that i thought like oh maybe this would be a good movie to show you and help you understand how hard it is to be trans and why you should love love trans people and not like try to like destroy their identities or whatever and i thought oh you know what this might actually be a good a good movie in terms of like giving that important representation um and then and then it wasn't and then the second half of the movie hit and it went from mediocre movie with possibly a wholesome kind of message that like i was able to resonate with to like actually you know what maybe this movie is actually just homophobic i don't even know i i want to know who made this movie actually i'm gonna look up right now i mean i mean our fact checkers are looking up right now like who directed this movie um our fact checkers are just I'm trying to figure this out right now um because i'm i i wonder if like a non-queer person made this movie okay some guy named john logan i'm gonna look him up john logan what if he's a straight guy that'd be so funny I, i'm not so i would not be surprised that happens a lot yeah no it, it's usually okay personal life okay he's openly gay i'm sorry i'm sorry <sighs> Well, I was wrong. <sighs> but I can admit when I'm wrong. But just because you're gay doesn't mean you're going to do a good job making a good movie about gay people. So, yeah. I wish I could make a movie about non-binary people. And I would do a, I would do a good job. 
Oh God, he'd he'd have like a bunch of consultants, like just yeah. like on his foot, like helping. I would be like, all right. Assemble me a team of the smartest non-binary people in the world, which is all the non-binary people because they're all geniuses. If you apply to work for my studio and you're non-binary, you get hired immediately. And you're going to get paid six figures to play an extra character role who doesn't even have any lines. <laughs> he's, he's for the people, for real. Like, you guys need to get on board with the revolution. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any more thoughts about the movie that you wanted to talk about? Yes. I want a movie... Look, we need a movie that's going to give good representation. Like I was saying, like, I had, like, I think, you know, you know okay, I know, I remember when I was younger, and I'm sure lots of you do too, the, the gay marriage debate, how so many people were so freaking homophobic, and then now even a lot of, even majority of Republicans are pro-gay marriage and are, and are cool with gay people. Maybe they're still homophobic, but, like, obviously that's been a big shift. And I think a big part of that was, frankly, just lots of, First off, pretty good representation in in real life. In the in real life, like you like, know, like, like oh, sports players coming out as gay, yeah, yeah. like you know, or like your actors favorite actor, yeah, and, and stuff, stuff or and musicians, like, and like yeah, and and it's representation for this for this specific stuff. Representation really matters. Like if you can build that like emotional connection that I had with the first twenty minutes of the movie, where you like have a lot of empathy and love for the characters. Who are who are non-binary and who are to do trans? This for more trans, we, we need, need good yeah, representation. We need for this trans movie. So, someone please make this movie and make it freaking good. Facts. You know, like we need we we need to we need Here's, to sit down. Uh, by the way, if you guys are looking for anything with like good trans representation, you guys should watch Pose on FX, um, and it's it's made by a trans woman with like Ryan Murphy, and like all the actresses are trans, like. It's really good, and it, like, talks about, like, New York, like, ballroom, ballroom culture in the 80s. Really good representation. Um, yeah, everyone watch that if you haven't seen it already. But, like, agreed, we need more, like, good trans representation. And, like, I should start yeah. a go- I'm going to start a GoFundMe. A GoFundMe oh to start a non-binary, a non-binary movie. <laughs> and I'm, what if I did that, and I raised $100,000, and I made the movie, and it was really bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know until you try. They slash them is a great movie title. It's though. a great title. That's what I was saying. Like, I was just thinking, like, damn, like this guy already took that title. No one can make a movie with this title ever again. It's taken unless they remake. Someone should remake it. Like next year, as a remake comes out, they should remake it. And oh, we should. They should remake it, and David Lynch should direct it. Oh my god, I mean? that'd be so good. See, look at that. I, we need, I'm, oh, you, you know what we need? We need the Wachowski sisters to do Yes, it. thank you. They, yes. they, okay, by the way, um, if anyone, like, wants, like, good, like, LGBTQ, like, representation media recommendations, just DM me on Joan of Arca and I'll, like, give you a list because I, I'm really passionate about that, actually. Like, really, like, like, that's kind of, like, when I was, like, in the closet, like, most of my life, like, that's kind of, like, how I, like found comfort was like in movies and I love movies and like the Wachowski sisters like I think that um and they've said this now they've like gone back and said this that the matrix is like an allegory about being trans did you know that I did not know that they said that it's interesting yeah I mean I know it's probably an allegory for other things too but that's what they said yes um and they made a movie called bound which is like probably one of the best lesbian representations I've ever seen so like I think they'd be really, and they can do like humor and like camp, 
Yeah. Also, so like I don't know. I think they can do it. I think they would be good at it. I really do. Yeah. And I'm just saying my two cents as a as a as a straight cis guy. It it to me to me it's made a big difference also throughout my life. Um, to to get to see different movies that do a really good job. Like I said, like building that emotional connection. Like you're. You, 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 you can't, I mean, unless you're just like, no, you, you. It's so important yeah. because like maybe some of these people, like, I think the best way to like, if you're like kind of like homophobic or transphobic or you like aren't really aware, the best way to change those people's minds is like for like their child to come out or their like sibling to come out or like one of their best friends because then they think, oh, like I know this person. I love this person. Like maybe I'm wrong and like I know this person's a good person and like I believe them and I trust them so maybe I'm wrong about this and I can get to know them better like yeah. that's I mean obviously that doesn't always work like no. you know yeah. family members are horrible to their own family members etc but because they're like family and that they have these close relationships that really helps people like understand like being trans or or gay or whatever but the second best thing is like to watch like media that like represent like that like introduces someone to that concept because that's like the that might be the closest they'll get to it yeah yeah i think so um i think i think it's i think it's um it's i i feel like the whole representation matters thing sounds corny and cheesy important but it's legit it's legit it's It's legit. legit it makes a difference what okay so as a a straight cis guy what do you wish like part of your own identity which what do you wish was represented better in media like anything from your own identity um uh, yeah i mean i know there's been okay actually i'm gonna give an example of some good representation uh so i have ocd and so does sophie by the way oh am, am i allowed to say yeah, that? yeah that's fine oh <laughs> that was so mean just oh wait, no i don't care <laughs> just gonna t- i'm very open about <laughs> okay, it okay cool yeah. but i should i know but i just say it on the podcast before asking no it's okay but um i i definitely recommend um if you haven't watched better call saul in the first few seasons there's a character oh chuck. yeah chuck yeah. i was i was totally thinking that too chuck yeah it's like ocd chuck, Rob Zaya. chuck chuck and i think a lot of people when they see chuck and they see how absolutely psychotic he is, how miserable his life is. I think some people think it's kind of an exaggeration. Like, oh, no, what, like, no, people aren't that mentally ill. Actually, OCD is horrific. OCD yeah. is a horrific mental illness. And Chuck's life experience where he literally cannot even go outside, mm-hmm. that is, I think, a really, really great very accurate representation of what OCD actually looks like. It's yeah. not just about washing your hands. It's not just about... It's really diverse. Like, there's a lot of different kinds of OCD. It's very it, like, diverse. It expresses itself in so yeah. many different ways. Like Yeah. And when it's bad, it's really like... Really bad, yeah. yeah. So if you want to see what lots of people are suffering through, and you want to get a really good understanding... Like honest look an at honest it. An honest yeah. look at it. And I, and I... It's disturbing, but I loved it. I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, like, this is great, like... This is like, and I could like, I know there's parts in in this series where he's like, it's better. And then he relapses. And I'm like, that is so 
exactly mm-hmm. how it freaking is. And yeah. I, I don't think they ever ex- explicitly say he, he has, has OCD, OCD. But, like, it's very, like... it's. I think o- it's... It resembles OCD, yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I think I think whatever... He definitely has, like, comp- obsessions and compulsions, yeah. like, very clearly. Exactly. So I think that's a great representation. Yeah. I think that OCD is really poorly represented. So I'm sure, he, I'm sure, like, so maybe you sympathize with, like, LGBTQ people being poorly represented when, like, you yourself, like, have OCD yeah. and, like... Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Like, yeah. I totally agree. Like, I also have OCD, but, like, the way people talk about it and, like, also just, like, use it as, like, I'm so OCD about... Oh, this. yeah, it's, no, like, seriously. so annoying. It's, like, I, I mean, I don't get, like, super angry at all or anything. It's just, like, annoying, like... You, like no, 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 yeah, on, like, it, it bothers me a yeah. good amount, honestly. Like, that's why, like, when I hear someone say, just bringing it back to this conversation, like, when someone says, like, please don't say the word spaz... I know I just said it, but we're talking about the word. I feel like it's okay in this situation. <laughs> like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, I understand. Like, if you're someone who has a medical condition and that word just feels like you're just completely demeaning it, I I can kind of relate with the OCD thing. Like, I can, that's kind of, I feel like, I like there's, I feel like there's a bit of a connection there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So it's, it sounds silly, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's not. So, all right. I think we've reached the end of our podcast episode. Any other mm-hmm. last thoughts, feelings, emotions, they slash them, anything? Um, get ready for some they slash them memes because I'm going to be memeing it for sure. So buckle up. That's kind of all I, I have to say. I hope they make a, a, a sequel. What would the sequel be? Z's? Or, I don't, no, uh, I don't know what they... They have to come up with like another... Maybe like... She slash they. They... Slash her... They slash them, uh, maybe like and neo pronouns. One. Ma- oh, maybe maybe like he slash they. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, if anyone's listening. Yeah. All right. Hit us up. He slash they. Oh God. Uh, or like maybe I don't know. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna stop it there. We're before, workshopping before it before I say something accidentally offensive. Thanks for watching, everybody. Listening. Keep listening. Make sure to keep <laughs> your eyes on our Instagram for the Q and A. Yep. Make sure to keep your eyes on our Instagrams for the uh, Twitch, Twitch stream. stream. Send us Make, in your questions. Send your questions. Also, fo- like, follow, hit the five star button. Yes, whatever you subscribe. Five star help. helps more people find our the, podcast. Yes, the five star helps a lot. Like, helps people find the podcast and like boosts it on the algorithm. So, like, that's super appreciated and it's really easy to do. So, this has been the news recapping it. Yep. Andrew Tate got owned because of us. Yep. Bjork is releasing a new album, which we don't even know what it's called for something. So some yeah. And for then, sore. rent's going up. And mm-hmm. then they slash them. Base dun, dun, news dun, dun. Network. network.